1: everybody, it is the Steve Jones Show on a Tuesday, News Radio 1070 WDKOK. Matt Catrillo here with you. Steve will soon be there from the Sunbury Motors studio. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury, Sunbury Motors Kia, Routes 11 and 15 in Hummels Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com, Ford, Lincoln, Kia, Hyundai, all new pre-owned inventory, all at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury, Sunbury Motors Kia, Routes 11 and 15 in Hummels Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com. Big show for today. First at 335, Dan Baker, the voice of Citizens Bank Park. Of course, he did the Eagles for almost three decades. He will join us at 335 today for his latest on the Phils. And he had a feature about him in NBC Sports Philadelphia late last week. And he mentioned he is long from being done. Which I thought is very, very cool. He's got big, lofty goals ahead of him. So we're going to ask him about that and more in the current fills coming up at 335. Then at 435 today, we've got Peter King, NBC Sports, Football Morning in America column. He's going to join us at 435 today. Lots to get into with him. Of course, with the NFL draft. Not too too further away. A week from Thursday is round one, so lots of nuggets to get into with him, and also too he had some interesting comments about Carson Wentz last week, and we I, we touched on this briefly with Steve, and calling his his entire the way he handled the whole situation with the Eagles last year. He said it was quote mind boggling during a podcast. On NBCSportsPhiladelphia.com, so lots to get into with him coming up at 4:35. Back to the Phils for one sec. Shut out last night against Gabe Kapler's Giants, and of course the offense has just been nothing more than atrocious lately. And Joe Girardi has made some very, very interesting moves to the lineup for tonight. Your lineup for tonight is Matt Joyce in left field. Gene Segura, second base, batting second. Bryce Harper in the three-hole, right field. JT Realmuto, number four, at catcher. Brad Miller, fifth at first base. Alec Bohm, sixth in third base. Mickey Moniak, seventh in center field. Nick Matone at shortstop, batting eighth. Zach Wheeler on the mound. Wow. So that means no Andrew McCutcheon, no Reese Hoskins, no DD Gregorius in the lineup tonight. Now, DD also missed Monday's game because of the swelling in his right elbow. McCutcheon, of course, has been the Phil's regular leadoff hitter, only batting 157 so far. So there you have it. This is probably about as rock bottom, I'm thinking, as you can get with the lineup. We'll see if it gets a spark. I, I don't know. I don't think you're gonna get a spark with Matt Joyce leading off and then have Brad Miller in your five hole. <laughs> Nick Batone at at eighth at short. I but this is at the same time, this is what Joe Girardi has to work with. And I know it's just trying to find the spark, trying to send a message. I get it. But I, I just don't think you're going to get what you're looking for with this lineup. I, I really don't. For tonight, at least, you have to hope for a, another big outing from Zach Wheeler. And I think the key to this, too, is, and he's even said it himself, Bryce Harper has to start leading the way. And so does JT Real Muto and earning that big contract he just got. Those two guys in the 3-4 and four hole are the ones that have to start breaking out of their own slumps and really get going. Now, Harper went deep the other night in the win against the Cardinals. What was that, Saturday, I think? But those two definitely need to be more consistent. Now, Gene Segura does have a 10-game hit streak on the line. He's f- batting 405 at his last 12 at-bats. So... Or, I'm sorry, 405 over his last 12 games. Check, uh, check that there, but... Unless he's got the 10-game hitting streak, so... 2-3-4, if that can be productive, maybe... That can spark something else. And then I saw this other stat, too, about the Phil's... It's center field, obviously we know it's the worst i think it's the f- this is the uh first time in in decades I forgot the exact year I saw that you've gone twenty one days without a hit twenty one straight days without a hit from your center fielder and combined this year, the Philly center fielders are batting .61, or oh 0- sixty one right now <laughs> that is bad. So, that's an interesting lineup. We'll have to keep an eye on tonight. Of course, you can listen on Eagle 107 tonight. First pitch, 7.05, pregame at 6.30. So lots to keep an eye on there. And. As we are about a week or so away from the draft, Peter Schrager of NFL Network put out his Mach 2.0 today. I saw this on Good Morning Football. He had some very interesting scenarios here and picks. No surprise, Lawrence 1, Zach Wilson 2, Mac Jones 3 to San Francisco... And then Kyle Pitts to the Falcons. So the Falcons not taking a quarterback. And then if you were listening on the Dan Patrick show earlier on WKOK, there's talks with the Falcons and the Broncos for the Broncos to move up to number four to maybe get Kyle Pitts. So it looks like the quarterbacks and Kyle Pitts are going to be going fast. I think that we know. Other than that, who knows what's going to happen. Then he has Penny Sewell to the Bengals at 5, Jamar Chase to the Dolphins. Then he has the Cardinals trading up to the 7th spot for Jalen Waddell. Justin Fields going to Carolina, despite them bringing in Sam Darnold. That would make no sense to me at all. Denver uh, get drafting Trey Lance, Patrick Surdon to the Cowboys, J.C. Horn, the cornerback from South Carolina that's getting a lot of love now on draft boards to the Giants. And then Devontae Smith to the Patriots in a trade with the Eagles. And then the Eagles drafting Elijah Vera Tucker from USC. For me personally, I probably would not be a fan of that. I don't mind going offensive line. I don't even mind trading back depending on how the board is. But if that was the case with Devontae Smith on the board, Devonte Smith on the board and you take a guy like that to trade back, I I I would probably have a problem with that. But who knows? All these different scenarios with the mock drafts. So get Steve's take on all that, and of course Dan Baker coming up at 3:35 today. 1-800-795-9565. That's how you reach us as well. We're back after this on the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Brought to you by Sunbury Motors.
0: All right, today's show brought to you by Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, care Routes 11 and 15, Humble's Wharf, online at sunburymotors.com. So on Friday, Matt wanted to try a new segment with the king called Next Week's Headlines. And of course, none of yours panned out.
1: Um, him, yeah, no.
0: None of his panned out. Mine, mine did. Uh, so, uh,
1: <laughs> well, you won the basketball picks, and now you want to know with our new "What to Watch For" segment.
0: Well, under the "What to Watch For," I gave two because your your guys went so long it didn't you know didn't matter. Uh, <laughs> oh, okay, um, number one, I said that. There are 54 freshmen or redshirt freshmen for Penn State out of 105 players. I said there will be at least one that will be a big standout in the game, in the scrimmage. And, of course, the guy I expected did, Kalen King. A couple interceptions, return one for a touchdown, the whole thing. All right. So if you're gonna to listen to the segment, listen to the segment. <laughs> okay. Because I give hints. Number two, I said Penn State basketball would have a big announcement early in the week. And John Harrow announced today he's coming back for his fifth season. Which was what I was hinting at. So somebody took it seriously.
1: No, that's that's huge for Penn State.
0: Well, it is. It's it's huge for Micah Shrewsbury, and this played out better than I thought it would. Essentially, this is how it played out. Penn State lost one player. Penn State lost Myron Myron Jones. Now you're saying, now wait a minute, they lost four players. You have to think of it, okay, you got to think of it a little differently than they lost four players. The ability to come back uh, was not put into place until the fall. So a year ago, Jamari Wheeler was not going to be coming back for 2122. It was his senior year. Trent Butrick was not coming back for 2122. It was his senior year. Patrick Kelly put his name in the transfer portal before there was ever a coaching change back in October. I guess when we announced it on the show, people were like, what? When did he put his name? It's like, oh, my goodness. Okay, great. Um, but Dick and I never talked about it during the course of the year because Patrick was still on the roster, but we didn't talk about it. Myron Jones is the one who was eligible to come back for twenty-one, twenty-two that would have come back no matter what. He's the one guy you lost. When everybody went into the portal at once, Penn State had a worst-case scenario and a best-case scenario. The worst-case scenario was everybody leaves, all eight. And the eighth one being Kyle McCluskey. And Kyle, Kyle wants to go to grad grad school, so that, that's a... You know, there's a lot of academic in there besides basketball so let's there's 8 7 whatever your number you want to pick worst case scenario is everybody leaves and essentially what do you have you have an expansion team this will be my 40th season broadcasting Penn State basketball I can think of three different times in my career where I felt like it was actually yeah, three times I felt like in my career I was dealing with what I thought was an expansion team. One in the 80s, one in the 2000s, and then when Patrick took over. Where just personnel-wise, you were fighting from behind, you just didn't have a lot of personnel to work with the... now that's the worst case scenario and for Micah Shrewsbury you have been really starting from behind and look you can't put together all training here we got a thousand transfers out there great we'll just go have a team I'm sorry, it doesn't work. It doesn't work. Hey, what do you want to be, Nebraska? That's what they've been doing for years. You, you can't go that route. Oh, you'll, you'll fill the team. But you need a foundation to work from. Now let's go best-case scenario. Isaiah Bro in fact, let's let's amend that. Miles Dredd and Sam Sessoms were the first two. That said, no, no transfer portal. We're staying. Two veterans, and remember, Sam Sesams, It was a bonus year that he played this past season. Under the plan, he was going to take over for Jamari Wheeler at point guard, starting in twenty-one twenty-two. Now, two years of eligibility remaining. Well, starting in twenty-one twenty-two, he's taking over as the point guard because. That plan has not changed, because he's staying. And Miles Dredd's staying. And then Isaiah Brockington immediately said he was going to stay. And Seth Lundy said last week he was going to stay, and now John Hera says he's going to stay. Brockington Archbishop Ryan, Sessoms from Philadelphia as well, Lundy from Roman Catholic, Johnny from Delco. You're talking about three players, Check my apologies, four players from southeastern Pennsylvania. And look, there are players in the state, but the players are in southeastern Pennsylvania. It doesn't mean there's not a line walker from Reading once in a while or somebody like that. But that's once in a while. The The bulk of the players are in southeastern PA in this state. Well, Penn State's always four of them. And, of course, Dredd played at Gonzaga in D.C., another area, okay, the DMV, where you want to get in. Now Micah Shrewsbury knows he has a foundation to build around instead of having to rebuild all of it. Now he can recruit around it. And, of course, bringing in Brian Snow to head up recruiting was another under-the-radar but really big hire. Brian Snow is as connected as connected gets in the recruiting game. So, this is big news for Penn State basketball. And if you listen to Friday's segment, you can disregard what the other two said about what they said. And I actually took it seriously.
1: <laughs> but he's actually the least likely I thought that would have come back. But that's why I think this is probably the biggest win for Shrewsbury.
0: I'm not surprised Johnny came back. Taking your calls at 800 795 9565. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motors Studio, here's Steve Jones. In today's show brought to you by Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Keroos 11 and 15, Hummel's Wharf, and online at Sunbury Motors. Com. Fort Lincoln Kia Hyundai. Great new inventory. Fabulous pre owned inventory that goes through that 164 point inspection. All at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummels Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com. Time to bring in a man that all of us admire in this business very much because he has earned it, and that is Dan Baker. My friend, welcome back. It is great to have you with us and to hear that voice again.
2: Fight on state, fight on state, strike your gate and win. Hey Steve, how are you?
0: <laughs> it's great to hear you. Great intro there, Dan. Well done.
2: <laughs> hey, I, know, hey. I know I'm on with the voice of the Whitney Lions.
0: Well, we are on with the voice of Citizens Bank Park and and everything else that goes with it, and Dan. Uh, yeah, obviously you had to, you've had to go through some a couple of tough things along the way, but you're feeling so much better. What kind of relief is it to feel like yourself again?
2: Well, Steve, uh, I've come a long way, and. Uh, I had been battling an infection a bacterial infection for a couple of years, and uh, it just wouldn 't go away and I had a couple of surgeries for that and then uh, it, the bacterial infection either turned into a squamous cell carcinoma or, or the there was a squamous cell carcinoma that was preventing the bacterial infection from healing so last August fourteenth they removed the tumor. Mm-hmm. It was a 24-hour surgery at Jefferson Hospital in Philadelphia, great doctors, by the way. Um, and uh, I was in the hospital for six weeks, uh, got out at the end of September. Jeez, I looked like something out of a mass unit when I got out. I had a wound back on my head uh, and a tube coming out of it, a pick line in my left arm, because during this lengthy surgery, I contracted a bacterial infection, and fortunately, the uh, infectious disease doctors identified it properly and uh, put me on an IV antibiotic, which uh, knocked, me, knocked the uh, infection out, and uh, to replace the diseased bone and tissue in my right cheek, uh, the doctors transplanted bone and tissue from my left leg, And I had a feeding tube uh, in my stomach for good measure. But, you know, the doctor said all along there was no reason why I couldn't return to PA announcing uh, uh, come this April. And uh, fortunately enough, Steve, uh, I was able to do that.
0: Well, it's so great to have you back in there. It's interesting for me to say what was it like to go back into the booth would be a general open-ended question because you're always a person that has appreciated every second you've been in there so it's not the appreciation part but what did it feel like to be back in there
2: it was like heaven Um, the Phillies fans are just great Uh, the Phillies have been so supportive Steve Um, they let me know all along that whenever I was healthy enough and strong enough and uh, capable enough uh, that uh, they would welcome me back to the PA booth. And uh, so far, so good.
0: Uh, yeah, I'm sure it felt like having to go back in there. But, you know, you've done this with this. I want to say it's your 49th season, Dan. Does that sound right? It,
2: it is, Steve. It would have been my 50th year. Right. Uh, and some people wanted to acknowledge me for that, but I didn't feel that that would be uh, – True. Uh, last year would have been my 49th year, but I only announced a couple of uh, summer camp inter squad games and one preseason game with the Baltimore Orioles. And even though it was a pandemic shortened season of uh, 60 games total, 30 home, I wasn't able to announce a single regular season home game. So Steve, I don't know I didn't think it was fair to count that as my 49th season and so I view this year which would have been my 50th season as the 49th and if uh, uh, good health prevails and the Phillies will have me and I return for next year I would view that as my 50th and Steve I would be to the best of my knowledge the third Announcer in Major League history mm-hmm. to announce for 50 years or more, joining Bob Shepard of the Yankees and Pat Piper of the Cubs.
0: And Bob Shepard did it for 60 seasons, Dan. I mean, obviously, you're feeling a lot better, and which is great. And you've got that spring in your step again, which is great. Is that for you a, a goal that maybe you can get to? Bob Shepard's 60 seasons
2: yes yes uh now i i don't mean to correct you but i think bob served for 57 years at least my, my understanding you, you my may apologies. be right but my understanding is that and of course he served with such uh, great distinction uh from 1951 through 2007 is my understanding right and pat piper actually has bob by two years uh from what I'm told, uh, that uh, Bob also performed brilliantly for the Chicago Cubs from 1916 to 1974. Uh, It's a total of 59 years. Uh, Mm -hmm. In fact, when he started at Wrigley Field, Steve, Wrigley Field was known as Wiggum Park. Uh, Two years later, it was bought, bought by the Wrigley family, and they changed the name of the stadium to Wrigley Field.
0: In fact, uh, people don't realize when that park was built, it was actually built for the Federal League, Chicago-Wales, 1914.
2: Steve, you are a baseball historian of the first magnitude.
0: (laughs) Well, uh, and you're right. And by the way, I want to correct myself on Bob Shepard. Exactly right, 57 years. So so I I wanted to at least look that up and make sure we had that. Uh, So now you're back in there. All right. So what do you think of the young season, the club, and what's it like to be in there and at least have people back in the park? Have people there at the park. I mean, I know what it was like for Jack Hamm and me Saturday to have eight thousand yeah. people in Beaver Stadium for a scratch.
2: Yeah. Oh, it's so great to have people back. Uh you know, it's just antiseptic without fans. And uh they they add they enhance the the uh Game experience so much, their presence, and uh, it really makes it come alive to me.
0: Well, you make it come alive for them. Uh, you know, there's a lot of preparation that goes into what you do. So take us behind that mic for a moment, Dan, and take us in the time that we don't hear you. As the kind of work that you do to make sure that when the game rolls around, you're giving the fan the best experience because they're getting the best of Dan Baker. Did we lose him there, Matt? Matt, I think we lost him.
1: Yeah, we'll, we'll check on that.
0: Okay.
1: Hear me okay? He,
0: Oh, there we go. There we go, Dan. Okay.
1: Okay. I'll,
0: I'll try sure. that question. I'll, I'll, I'll re-ask the question here just to establish oh. for the audience. Uh, and, and One more time. What is the – the t- people hear you in the ballpark. And, of course, over the years heard you in a stadium. All right? So they hear that part. What's the work that you do that the fan doesn't see to make sure that then, when they walk in, they're getting the best of you because you're prepared? Well,
2: One of the things that I do upon my arrival, and I'll be leaving for tonight's game uh, shortly after our interview. Um, But when I get there, uh, there's usually a script waiting on my desk, and I read through the script. And, uh, of course, uh, I focus on uh, the lineups and the rosters and make sure that I know how to pronounce everybody's name in the lineup. Not only uh, Steve... And, Matt, do I concentrate on the pronunciations of the players and the umpires? Uh, But I also look at the script because if there are people being honored on the field before the game or we have an anthemist, uh, I want to make sure that I know how to pronounce correctly uh, everyone's name who uh, I would have the privilege of saying. And... uh, I think that's one of the cardinal rules of being a good public address announcer. You have to know how to correctly pronounce everybody's name that you're going to say. You do not want to guess and then disrespect the person by uh, pr- pronouncing your name wrong. So that's the main thing. Uh, and then uh, I get there two hours in advance of the game. Uh It used to be that I would also take advantage of that time to have a pregame meal, you know, uh, lunch before a day game or (laughs) breakfast and uh, dinner before a night game. But right now, with my mouth in the condition that it is, uh, after this uh, invasive surgery, I'm not comfortable eating uh, out. Uh, My goodness, it's like... uh, i'm like a gatling gun you know with the food spraying out of my mouth <laughs> yeah. so i don't want to do that yeah. right. at this point uh yeah i i still have to undergo uh some cosmetic surgeries and dental surgery following the season they're going to hold off on that so i don't miss any games which i'm very uh grateful for uh, but um uh, I can I can drink things okay. You know, I might have, like, a Diet Coke game or a water or a mm-hmm. coffee or something like that. Um, but the main thing, Steve, is just to make sure that I know how to pronounce everything correctly. And, of course, uh, I do try to familiarize myself with names and numbers and anticipate potential substitutions in the game that night. Uh, and then, of course... During the game itself, you need to be prepared when those changes come and to announce them within a short time frame so you're not interrupting you know, the continuity of the game.
0: Well, that's how I was doing it literally after practice on Wednesday and Friday last week. I pulled certain players aside, and I would ask them, okay, give me the exact pronunciation of your name. Because, again, I'm like you. I want to make sure it's absolutely right. So that's critical. What have you thought of the club so far? Man, I wonder if we lost him again there. Let's see. Try that one more time. Can you hear me okay? Yes, I can, Dan. Go ahead. What do you think of the club so far?
2: Um, It's a better team. It's a better team. Uh, we've been up and down a little bit. Uh, we've had a terrific uh, first home stand, sweeping the Braves all three games, taking two out of three from the Mets. But then we went on the road and kind of did the... I
0: think we lost them I there. Took two, there two
2: out of three from the Cardinals.
0: Uh Do you want me to come back and try the house line? Oh, no, that's okay, because this was actually the last question I had anyway. Uh, Yeah, I I apologize for
2: the technical difficulties. That's okay.
0: No problem. We're just thrilled that we have you on.
2: But uh, the Phillies are, are definitely better. I think they're going to be competitive all year long. The Braves are very good. The Mets are very good. And even though the Nationals have struggled early, I think the Nationals could be right in there. And really, the Marlins are not that far behind either.
0: Well, let me put it this way. You're not in the big leagues until Dan Baker announces your name. Thank you, sir. Such a pleasure to have you with us today.
2: Steve, thank you very much. Victory, we predict for thee. (laughs) We're ever true to you, dear old white and blue. (laughs)
0: It's <laughs> the best outro we've had yet, Dan. Thank you so much. Have a great one. Thanks, Steve. Take care, Dan Baker. There's a legend for you. All right. Ah, I remember going to Phillies games. Dan be down, boy. Dan being a jacket and tie on the field, doing all these pregame announcements, boiling hot. And he acted as if he was sitting, standing in an air-conditioned room. What a pro. What a pro.
1: Great guy. Truly. I miss him at the link, too.
0: Yes, 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 yes.
1: I first yeah. heard him at my first Eagles game at, in the final year of the vet. Mm-hmm. And I thought he just did the Eagles, and then I went to a Phillies game later, and I realized he did the Phillies. I was like, oh, it's so cool. And so, yeah, he's he's a legend in, in Philadelphia and all of yeah. in sports, really.
0: He sure is. Privileged to have him on. Neil Coolong next half hour. Peter King final half hour. Big show today. Um. I guess I guess the suit has gone to Rehoboth Beach today. Is that? Oh my Almighty! I, I guess what Saturday was very exhausting. No God! No God! No
1: God!
0: Now that guy, you just heard, showed up for work on Monday. Back with more in a moment. Great to have you with us today on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Brought to you by Sunbury Motors. I guess with the Academy Awards of this weekend, I, I guess the only person we need to ask about which is the best movie is the suit, because he Yay! spends a lot of time in the theater during the day. Uh, um So, no? Great to have you with us on the show. They have reached a, a verdict in the trial of Derek Chauvin in Minneapolis. Uh, and, and we will... Pass along what we can to you when it does happen, but the jury is, has returned a verdict, and they are not back in the courtroom yet, from what we understand. CBS News will have an update at the top of the hour.
1: And actually, we were just told that the verdict is going to be read between 3.30 and 4 central time, which means between 4.30 and 5 here. Um, so we are still, so we will still have a the announcement about that. I just don't know in what fashion yet, because now I know we have... Peter King schedule for 435 and we want to try to stick to that
0: yeah well
1: but we'll have it regardless
0: well, oh we can announce it after he's on the show yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't think it's yeah. all right uh, John Harrow returning to Penn State. Again, you look at best-case scenario. A coach needs a foundation when they take over a job to operate from. So now Micah Shrewsbury has a foundation to operate from. You now uh, you, you always There's always the fool out there. Sorry, I didn't you know, mean to be so blunt. No, actually, I meant to be blunt. Uh, the fool out there. Well, they're 11 and 14. Why do you want any of these guys back? Well, you sit there and go, oh. I can't believe I have to actually answer this question. Uh, <laughs> what universe are you in? You can't just walk in and have 13 new players. You just can't do it. You need a foundation to operate for him. John Hara has had success in the Big Ten. Brock has had success in the Big Ten. Lundy's had success in the Big Ten. Dredd's had success in the Big Ten. Sesums has had success in the Big Ten. We know all five of those guys can play in the Big Ten. And not only that, they can compete to the wire with anybody. We already know that. Now at least that gives you building blocks to work around to then build around and add to. And it keeps you it keeps you out of the expansion team mode. You gotta you know, it, it It's so hard in college sports to fight from behind. It is really difficult. And the three guys that decided to come back, along with the two that never put their names in the portal, Dredd and Sessoms, to add in the three that wanted to come back means so much. Now Micah Shrewsbury can sit there, and he can build around in the next few weeks... A nucleus if he had no nucleus and so now you're just like okay great now you gotta now you gotta bring in eight guys really you gotta bring in eight guys it doesn't work this gives him he, this now gives him between harrop Brockington, and lundy dread and sessions and the four freshmen his best opportunity to get to have a foundation to then build around between four-year players, transfers, and so forth. He now knows what he needs to do to fill the roster the way he wants. Does he want to have 12 scholarship guys? He can. Does he want to have 13 scholarship guys? He can. Does he want to have 11 and, and save a couple of scholarships back? There's a lot of options here for him to work with And now he has some answers.